from WUSC-FM in HD1 Columbia. I'm Flint Snyder. And I'm Trey Martin. This is Hot Topics from WUSC News. Coming up, local business owners Tony and Nicole Fulton will join us. They attended a presidential campaign rally for Kanye West this past summer, and the video they recorded of comments made by the outspoken rapper went viral. We'll talk about their reaction, what Kanye West said at the event, and how they feel about the, the video being seen all over the internet. Plus, the Fultons are the owners of The Hair Closet, the only black-owned hair manufacturing company in the United States, located right here in the Columbia area. We're discussing owning a hair business and selling some WAPs weaves and ponies of course and finally music lovers rejoice concerts are returning to the soda city with a new outdoor music venue at the columbia speedway we'll have all the details about how it works who's playing and where to secure your tickets to an upcoming show that's all coming up this week on hot topics first the news live from wsc news i'm tyler fedor After flip-flopping numerous times on whether South Carolina voters will need witness signatures for their mail-in ballots, the Supreme Court decided on October 5th that the signatures will be required. What happens then to ballots that were sent before the witnesses were made mandatory again? WSC's Brianna Rao reports. Though the U.S. Supreme Court temporarily suspended the long-standing rule of having witnesses sign voter ballots due to the COVID-19 pandemic, nearly a month ago, the Supreme Court announced the end of this suspension. Thus, state voters must have a witness sign their ballot. Across the nation, ballots without a witness signature won't be counted. In some areas of South Carolina, such as Spartanburg and Greenville, election officials confirm that they will not be giving voters an opportunity to fix their ballots. Groups like the Lawyers Committee, the ACLU of South Carolina, and the New York firm DeVoys and Flinton LLP are asking the U.S. District Court for the District of South Carolina to prevent officials from rejecting ballots, missing witness signatures without providing an opportunity to cure. Around 645,000 people have already casted absentee ballots, and officials estimate more than 1 million absentee ballots will be cast in the next few days. This means the rule could disqualify a record number of votes. Brianna Rao, WSC News. Hurricane Zeta has now reached Category 2 strength as it heads toward Louisiana, where evacuations and rescue crews are already in play. WSC's Abigail Brandon reports. Hurricane Zeta is set to make landfall tonight in the Gulf Coast. It will be the 11th hurricane to hit the United States, breaking the previous record of nine set in 1916. After hitting Mexico earlier this week, Zeta lost its hurricane status and was reduced to only a tropical storm. But earlier this afternoon, Zeta re-strengthened and is set to plow into New Orleans later this evening. That will make Zeta the fifth hurricane to hit Louisiana this year, which has prompted the governor to ask the federal government to issue a federal declaration of emergency. Both Alabama and Louisiana have declared states of emergency ahead of the impending hurricane. If there is another hurricane this year, it will be named Ada and will tie for the record of 28 named storms that was set in 2005. With WUSC News, I'm Abigail Brandon. Former President Barack Obama has planned to join Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden on the campaign trail as Election Day draws near. Obama plans to join Biden in the battleground state of Michigan, which numerous polls and news outlets have been giving Biden a lead in. Michigan is part of the blue wall of states that traditionally vote Democratic, but in the 2016 election, Michigan was won by President Donald Trump. Obama has recently held numerous solo events in which he criticized Trump. 
bucking a trend, as former presidents tended not to criticize their successors before. Obama has attacked multiple aspects of Trump's administration, such as his response to the coronavirus pandemic and his behavior in office. Democrats are also hoping his presence in the state could give a boost to incumbent Democratic Senator Gary Peters, who has been having a tough fight from his opponent Republican John James during their competition for Michigan's Senate seat. The Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 943 points today, the NASDAQ fell 426 points, and the S&P 500 fell 119 points. It's currently 79 degrees outside with a low of 71 tonight. The high for tomorrow is 84 degrees with a low of 55. I'm Tyler Fedor, and you're listening to WSC News. It's 6.05. Spurs up, masks up, Gamecocks. I'm University of South Carolina student body president Izzy Rushton. And I'm President Bob Caslin. Let's prevent the spread of COVID-19. Keep your distance, no matter the location. Get tested. Wash your hands. Wear face coverings. In class and on campus, in restaurants, and in every social setting around Columbia. And take the I Pledge Columbia promise. We are Gamecocks, so spurs up. Masks up, Gamecocks. We'll We'll get get through through this this together. And welcome back to Hot Topics right here from WUSC News. I'm Flint Snyder. And I'm Trey Martin. Joined by Trey Martin. And uh, we have a really fun show coming up today. Really excited about our guests here. Yes, I'm super excited. We're... uh Going into a bit of a different avenue than we've talked about the past couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This week we're going to be joined by Tony and Nicole Fulton. And uh, this past summer, they uh, attended a campaign rally for presidential hopeful and rapper Kanye West in Charleston. Now, while the event was meant to boost support for West in hopes of getting him on the ballot in South Carolina, things quickly took a drastic turn after the rapper made controversial comments about Harriet Tubman's role in helping escape slaves. Tony and Nicole Fulton were in the crowd when West made those comments and recorded the whole ordeal. That video and their reaction has since gone viral, and the two join us now to discuss the event. So, Tony and Nicole, thank you guys so much for being here, first and foremost. Thank you. We appreciate it. So, um, let's just go ahead and and get in. uh, You guys said... Um, in some other interviews that when you heard about this rally happen happening in Charleston, um, you guys almost like expected a circus. Um, so could you kind of recap the day for us and, and take us through uh, what happened from your perspective? Yeah, so on the day of, I was reading the local news, I think it was WIS, and they said that Kanye was going to be in Charleston, and I woke up, I texted our family group text and said, hey, do you guys want to go see the circus? And my mom said, no, no thanks. And then my sister said, yeah, sure, i like to see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went over to her room and we just kind of talked about it and we were hyped. We were good to go. Yeah, I think we definitely expected... Um, some sort of entertainment, but we also expected to see how serious Kanye was about his presidency. Yeah, and you guys go to this event in Charleston. What was your initial impressions of the rally? Did it seem like it was going to be a typical political uh, campaign rally, or did something tell you that this was not going to be your typical, you know, go out and vote for me type campaign rally? Yeah, I would say no, no. So we have been to a lot of campaign rallies in and around Columbia. So when we first got there, definitely the crowd was not one that you would normally see as it was a younger crowd. We described them as sneakerheads because a lot of the kids were wearing his Yeezy sneakers, things like that. So uh, looks wise, no, this wasn't the normal crowd, but also there was music blasting. It was much more of a concert 
kind of um, event mm-hmm. being held. Um, and so you mentioned that it was um, a predominantly younger crowd, uh, mm-hmm. but as Kanye started making some of these comments, you said that the crowd didn't, it, it kind of shifted from, you know, viewing this as, oh, we're excited to see Kanye as a music artist to maybe some disagreement from the crowd um, over his political views. So uh, what was your takeaway uh, from the crowd? uh, And what do you think that tells us about kind of like the future possibly of our country? Yeah, I think the crowd was telling because it was a younger crowd, a crowd that we're used to being on TikTok, those kids, those people are younger. Mm -hmm. So that crowd, while they were enamored by Kanye, initially really excited that he was there. This is definitely someone that most of um, kids in the hip hop culture admire. Immediately when he began to kind of be a dictator to us is when the crowd definitely shifted. These kids do not want to be told what to do and when to do it. And Mm -hmm. when Kanye was on stage, that's exactly what he was doing. He was being a dictator and it wasn't received well. Yeah. And uh, I mean, was it was it uh, you, Tony, or was it Nicole who was uh, recording at the time? Yeah, I was recording on my personal Instagram while Nicole was recording for our TikTok. But yeah. I, I was recording and kind of updating everyone who follows me, just the few hundred people that followed yeah. me at that time. You know, hey, what's going on? And a part of that was the viral moment that now people, I don't know, is synonymous with Kanye running for presidency. Like, no, that's not real. Yeah, and I mean, you know, for some of our listeners who might not necessarily know what that moment was, um, I guess you could probably describe it better than I can, but Kanye made some comments, and then you... Initial, uh, uh, immediately were like, okay, we're leaving right now. And I think that really resonated with a lot of just the swiftness with which you said that. Kind of take me through what happens in the video and uh, why you decided to post it. What what did you want people to get out of it as a result of posting it? Yeah, so um, the entire time we were there, I was just updating. Hey, this is what it's like in the room. Being in a post-COVID world, uh, we have been... Currently. Yeah, we're still here. Yikes. Um, so, <laughs> so even going outside and going to an event is something that a lot of people don't feel comfortable doing. While we do feel comfortable, I try to just show and share on my platform, this is how I'm still living in the world. So initially, we talked about being in the space, keeping six feet apart, having our masks, that kind of stuff. Right. But but when Kanye came on stage, I think I there were murmurs from Nicole and I saying, no, nah, I don't like this. Firstly, I don't we like wanted this. a concert. Yeah. yeah. And then it was, we didn't feel comfortable at all with what was being said. And we we wanted to leave, but it just... Became, yeah, there was no moment to leave. Right. Yeah, we, were, we wanted to leave for a few minutes, but there was no actual moment. You know, the crowd was really engaged. But once he said the comment about Harriet Tubman, that was the perfect exit. It, it was no longer a room that we could be in. So we took a swift exit. Right. right. Yeah. And um, I mean, so you, you, you post that video and I think what resonates with a lot of people about that video is your immediate reaction. Like you wasted no time to be like, OK, we're leaving right now. Uh, did you kind of have an idea of like, oh, this might be big if I post it or like, did you just post it just to post it? Like, what was your mindset there? Yeah, absolutely not. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Um, we've never we've had viral moments with our uh, business, but personally, absolutely no viral moments. I didn't know it was a real thing. I posted it on my Instagram and then on my Twitter account. My Twitter account, you know, just a 
like a hundred followers. I tweet often, but I I didn't have a lot of followers. Yeah, you were tweeting like Wolf Blitzer. Yeah, I was like pretending I was Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> and then I have I do have a lot of followers from Chicago, so I was surprised when they began to retweet that moment. And in a matter of minutes, it was huge. Yeah. No clue that a tweet could do so much. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I was I was on TikTok over the summer, and I saw it there, and. You know, I was, it was brought, you like, y'all were brought up in the meeting a couple weeks ago, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is right here in South Carolina happening. And, you know, you, this video was viewed thousands and thousands of times across multiple yeah. different platforms. What has that been like for you guys? I mean, I know you've done a couple interviews with a lot of big outlets, mm -hmm. but I mean, how have you used that uh, to advance the platform of your business? Um, right. and, and how have you dealt with this newfound fame? If that's what you'd want to call it. I don't know if you guys consider right, yourself right, famous, right. Yeah. but I would, I would say, um, no, be, because, um, it be, during COVID, uh, and we talked about earlier how our business has, um, really taken off on TikTok. So my sister and I, but especially my sister, as she's more of the face, we found newfound internet fame, but it doesn't really translate to anything in real life. And even our dad, he's super popular. He's gonna reach a hundred thousand followers on TikTok oh just from doing dad stuff but um in no way has that expected our real life like no one recognizes us or anything fun like that it was just a moment and what we did to mobilize that moment is we made t-shirts that said say nay the yay and during every um every uh, interview, we always encourage people to go out and vote. So not say nay to yay because Kanye's bad, but say no to anyone who is trying to disrupt and be divisive during this election season that is so important to us. Right. So we've just been following up with that, showing people how to vote early uh, and just how to do it safely. Yeah, and definitely an important message given that we are a week away from, less than at this yeah. point from the election. Um, Trey, I know you had something you wanted to touch on, too. Uh, but uh, so you guys had this happen and you mentioned that it didn't really translate over to your personal lives. But in your personal lives, you have this incredible business, the hair closet. So tell us what the hair closet is um, and, and what makes it unique. Yeah, the hair closet is something I started when I was attending USC um, as a freshman, just doing hair, and it just kind of like traveled from there. Um, since then, my sister joined me, and it's really like a family business. We have a manufacturing company in Columbia, South Carolina, where we make hair pieces, weaves, and ponies, so a different version on walk. <laughs> and um, it's really just awesome. We like to educate people a lot on these products and offer them right here in the U.S., and ship out all the time and it's our labor of love certainly yes it definitely is yeah and i mean what was the inspiration for it i mean why did you decide to create this business did you see a need for it or was this something mm -hmm. that like you thought you could use as well like what what was your reasoning behind it yeah i think it um started when i was in college needed money um had <laughs> yeah. a skill she used to call me for money yeah, she I used did. to beg for money <laughs> i did and then one day she stopped begging for money and yeah. we had no clue why or how but it, it was because she had created a business through her twitter account um soliciting long ago. Yeah, yeah long ago soliciting customers and um one day we went down there for drake's concert when drake was in town that was so exciting and um for the first time i saw her doing a customer's hair and it 
it was an adult woman. And I couldn't believe that a 30, 40 year old woman came down to USC's campus to get her hair done in a dorm. And from that moment, sharing it with my parents, our parents, we were like, oh, this is a thing. And Nicole has talent and we should all rally behind her and prop this business up and go as far as we can go with it. Oh, so Nicole, you were doing this out of your dorm. Yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> what, what dorm were you at when you were at USC? Sims. I was Sims. at Sims. Gotcha. Yeah. Shout out to all girls. Sims. Yeah. It was perfect. <laughs> it was perfect. So, this... so that was really awesome. But that's what we do. And we take a lot of time to educate a lot of people, as many as we can on TikTok now. That's our main focus of that. We have, um, we're rounding 400,000 followers right 100, now. 100,000. Yeah. yeah. 400,000. Yeah. That's a lot of people. And we just try and, you know, pump out that information, whether you buy or not. Um, if you want to buy, though, you could go to thehaircloset.com. We're always up there. And if you just want information, maybe you know, maybe you don't know, we're on TikTok as The Hair Closet. I well. believe that's really what makes us different, though, because you won't find companies that do uh, install tutorials. If someone asks us, I mean, every single DM we get, we respond to. If someone asks, hey, I have a wig that I purchased from another company how do i install it how do i wash it we give complete instructions to everyone and we also show how to use our products but anyone's products so i think that's invaluable that we're constantly giving out information that is free to anyone mm -hmm. so we enjoy doing that stuff um and so whenever we were kind of doing some research i came across that um i believe you guys are the only black owned hair manufacturer in the country is that correct yes yeah. that we know of so hair manufacturing is something that's primarily done in asia our parents mm -hmm. first went to asia for us they actually mm -hmm. scouted a bunch of different manufacturing companies and our dad who put our first machine together who's here right now filming us because he's so proud of us. Um, he went over there along with our mom and they found out what materials to use, what machines to use and how to use them. Then they brought it back here so we could have our own factory. That is incredible. Um, so do you see something um, like hair manufacturing since you said it's primarily based in Asia? Do you see it growing here in the United States? Uh, or now that you guys have kind of gotten into the business and um, are, are kind of s paving some trends and, you know, paving the way. Do you see it growing? Yeah, I would certainly say a lot of people are taking it into their own hands, especially in light of COVID with a lot of restrictions in other parts of the world, namely China, um, where a lot of resources are really being constricted. And it's, it is creating a lot of entrepreneurs in this time. And I think everybody's just using their resources around them, using some of the information that we put out. You yeah. know, we teach people, not only do we sell it, but we teach you how to make wigs. So at you, no cost, at no cost, yeah. if you want to take that information and, you know, make it yourself and sell it to your friends, sell it on your dorm, whatever you can. And I think it is creating a lot more entrepreneurs and we, we totally say, do it, do it, do it. We try and price our things very fairly so that you can resell and, you know, go out and be great in the world. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, I love just not only like the interactive aspect, but just the empowerment aspect of the business as well. And I was really taken aback by your website and just some of the photo shoots that you guys have done. I was just like looking through a lot of it this afternoon because I was just like, you know, a lot of these hair designs are just so crazy. Where do you guys come up with the creative, you know, mantra for your website and your photo shoots because I, I implore everybody if they'd like to go to your website and look it up because it is really okay. cool. 
Yeah, so that's also something that's kind of interesting. When we first started out with our business, um, we wanted to hire models. We wanted to hire hairstylists and photographers. And our dad told us, no. He, he said, "You, I pretend you have zero dollars and work off zero dollars. Mm. So what we did instead is we became the photographers and the models and the hairstylists. So all of what you see, and our father, he purchased all of the equipment for us at a discount rate because he is really... Um, um, frugal. Uh, so uh, what we what you see on our website is literally everything we have done by ourselves. Nicole has created our website, which we think is top of the line. Um, the photo shoots we've done in our own space. And even now during COVID, since we're still stuck in the house, we have converted our back room into a mini photo shoot. So mm. when we do our hair, we'll get back there. I'll take the picture. She'll smile. We'll post them on the website. And we try to keep everything low cost because that's important for business, but also uh, obtainable for anyone who's watching. Yeah. And with our last photo shoot, the, um, the WAPS, the Weave and Ponies campaign that we did, we loved it. We were able to partner with some great people. Finally, um, a wonderful photographer that's actually local. Mm -hmm. And the inspiration behind that was definitely 90s. 2020, I think everybody's over it. So we wanted to give a nod to, you know, some style icons that we had seen. Coco, I mean, anybody with long nails, big hair, really like turn it up and show people that you can do and be anything and you can look amazing. I think it was just a great photo shoot and we totally enjoyed it. And yeah, the hair was completely over the top. Yes, yeah. that's what I love most about it, just the over the top aspect yeah. of it was crazy. I mean, I, I you just listening to you guys talk, this is something I picked up on, but like very interesting how your dad is very involved in uh, a hair company, you know, like mm -hmm. it, it, uh, talk about his, what that means, his involvement to you guys. I mean, how, yeah. how does he impact the company? Well, he made our first wigs because he was the really? person to, yeah, to put together the machines because they came from China with all the instructions in Chinese and um, he Mandarin, all their characters. He could not read anything, but he could put it together. Mm. Yeah. And from there, he had to make the first few wigs for us. And he still makes wigs. And, and he had he was able to do that because our dad by trade is a bridge builder. Mm. So he, he is just a handy person in general. Yeah. If you look at his TikTok, which is at what, what you make in daddy, um, you'll <laughs> see he's extremely handy. He can do anything that you put in front of him, but the machines was the first um, glance that we got. He could be really helpful in our wig business. So mm -hmm. when he put the, together the machine, he began to, he began to make the wig for us just to show us how it worked. And then we put him to work along with the all male cast. So uh, all the guys, we had a bunch of guys making all the wigs, which we think is just so funny because yeah. they don't wear them. They have no clue how they work, but he was able to teach, you know, these super strong outdoorsy guys how to make wigs for girls. And we love it or wigs for anyone. Yeah, well, unfortunately, we're on radio, so the listeners cannot see y'all's halo hats that you have on. Um, but those are um, some of the uh, products that you guys are selling. And you guys also mentioned that you are going on your Instagram live to do some uh, interaction with your customers. Um, is that something you guys do often? Yeah, so halo hats are super awesome. This is when you don't have time to do your hair. It's literally a hat with hair peaches 
pieces attached so it looks like your real hair underneath the hat mm. they are so cute and as far as going live we do we first did our first hair talk years ago mm -hmm. um as a qvc for hair so we get on there talk about girl talk hair talk but also show our new products so that's what we'll be doing tonight showing some of our newer products giving out discount codes and just having fun with whoever joins on to you know ask us questions it's fun we, we're chatty yeah so we are chatty. <laughs> i wouldn't have been able to guess that at all <laughs> <laughs> Um, so really quickly, we have just a couple minutes left. Really quickly, tell people once again where they can find you on IG, uh, online, TikTok, wherever you want people to let, uh, find yes, you. Yes, on um, Instagram, you can find us at, at the hair closet US. On TikTok, you can find us at the hair closet. Our website is thehaircloset.com. You can find us on YouTube as well at toy, T-O-I, and Nikki takes so we're all over all the platforms pretty much type in the hair closet you will find us and shop at thehaircloset.com please support us we need your support we're a small business we are a very small business, <laughs> we're a small business. well tony and nicole thank you guys so much for coming on our show it truly was a pleasure getting to talk with you guys we are going to go on a quick break um and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more before we wrap up but once again thank you tony and nicole thank, thank you. you thank you kitchen or when you almost visited the veterans hospital or when you almost brought dinner to your neighbor with aids remember all the times you almost helped almost gave well it's only human this almost giving but the truth is it's the same as not giving at all don't almost give give visit our website at don'talmostgive.org a message from the ad council And welcome back to Hot Topics right here on 90.5 WSEFM and HG1 Columbia. Trey, we have time for just one more final hot topic of the day, and that is a pretty exciting one because concerts are returning to Columbia. Um, we have, uh, just last week it was announced that a new uh, outdoor venue is coming to the Columbia Speedway Entertainment Center, um, and they're going to have all the safety and COVID-19 precautions uh, in place to help keep uh, attendees safe. Um, and the Com the kind of company that is sponsoring this is called Cola Concerts, and they announced um, a concert lineup of artists that are coming this fall um, in November. I know St. Paul and the Broken Bones is coming, Winona Judd, I think Chase Rice just announced. So a lot of really um, cool artists coming. And uh, Trey, I know you're wondering how we're going to do this safely and how everyone's going to go out safely, and I know, so I'm going to tell you right now. So basically what they have is these pods these like squares that everyone's gonna stand in and you don't have to have a mask on while you're in the pod but if you're walking around trying to go get food um, or just wandering around the concert space um, you're gonna have to wear a mask and what's really cool is that concessions you can order it through a, an app to a food truck that'll be at the concert venue and uh, you can basically it'll tell you when it's ready on your phone and you can go to the food truck get your food and come right back so you don't even have to wait in line or anything I've seen uh, some videos of uh, concerts in other places, I think, like, uh, specifically in North Carolina, uh, where they're doing sort of this drive-in concert idea. And, I mean, people are just, you know, pulling their cars up, hopping in the back, you know, having uh, having some drinks and some food and um, really in enjoying themselves. Uh, so it's like, you know, you get a, a full-on concert and some tailgating mixed into one, and I don't know if there's anything better than that on a 
night or day with some nice weather. Yeah, that's right. And this is a completely outdoor venue, rain or shine. If you want to catch any of the shows, uh, tickets go, uh, tickets are already on sale. They got went on sale last uh, Friday, I believe, um, and can be purchased at colaconcerts.com. You think you're going to go out there and see one? Definitely. Sometime soon. I need to get out and, and watch some live music at some point. It's been way too long. Yeah, definitely looking forward to live music coming back to Columbia for sure. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Hot Topics. Next week, it's election day. We'll break down all things election night, including the results and reaction from the polls. Join us every Wednesday at 6 p.m. for the latest news in entertainment, culture, food, and everything between. Hot Topics is a production by WUSC News and Garnet Media Group and is produced by Troy Dassing and Ward Jollis. You can catch other WUSC News shows on Monday and Friday at 6 o'clock p.m. and on GarnetMediaGroup.org. I'm Flint Snyder. And I'm Trey Martin. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and remember to keep it hot.